Today's scripture reading will be coming from Colossians 1, 9 through 23. And it reads, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray to you, asking that we may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So to ask to walk in the manner worthy of God, fully pleasing him, bearing every good work, increasing in knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light and the light. For he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Were there other thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him we all have the fullness of God. For he, for God was pleased to dwell. And through him we reconcile to him all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of, the, of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled you into the body of his holy and blameless, of his, he has now reconciled into his body, flesh and flesh by his death, in order to represent you holy and blameless above reproach before him. If indeed you continue the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, in which I, Paul, have became minister. Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. So please open your Bibles and be willing to look along and see the things that we're going to talk about. Um, the title of the lesson, if you're keeping notes, uh, is Getting All That Christ Offers. And we're going to be in Colossians 1 and look at several verses there. Thank you, for Dylan, for, thank you Dylan, for reading that. And so you can stay in Colossians 1, but we'll be seeing other th- things as well. But uh, I'd like to just open it up with a couple of concepts. Um, there's a commercial that was out. I, I don't know if it's still playing at all or not, but I, I remember it in the last few years. And it's uh, an adult son, a grown son, um, talking to his dad, like in the house, in the kitchen. And uh, he says, Dad, how do you like that iPad I got you for, for Father's Day? I think it was the, was the gift. How would you like that iPad? And the dad said, oh, it's great. Uh, and he pulls it out and he chops something on it. And he wipes it off and puts it in the, uh, puts it in the uh, dishwasher and turns the dishwasher. He said, it's great. It's slick. It, it, uh, it cleans up well and just comes so clean. And the, and the son is just dumbfounded. He's he like, oh, Dad, you know, what are you doing? Um, but what was the issue? He appreciated it, right? But he didn't really understand the concept of what he had. Okay? Um, I, I see people all the time who have, uh, and I got it right here, who have these things that we call phones that aren't really phones. They're little computers that you make phone calls on uh, and do other things with. But uh, I think there's a lot of people that have 
smartphones and the phones are smarter than they are. Uh, and I may be sometimes in that boat as well. Um, but because there's a lot of capabilities that, that either we don't understand or we don't use to the fullest extent. Um, I see commercials for cars nowadays and they talk about the technology in the cars more than they talk about the car itself. It's because it's got all the bells and whistles, okay? Um, so we understand the concept of maybe not getting everything out of what we have, not fully understanding all the capabilities that we have in front of us. And I want to make sure that we as Christians understand that. And so I'm going to use that final concept of the, of the car in this one uh, to look at it. Um, I had a car one time that uh, it had a navigational system, and so it had an owner's manual that we're used to, have, but it had a whole separate owner's manual, operator's manual for the navigation system, okay? Um, so I needed to be aware of what I had. It wasn't the base model, and let me just put that principle out right now. None of us are the base model. <laughs> we have a lot of options that God has blessed us with. God has given us so much. And Colossians 1 talks about that. We're going to look at several verses there. And we're going to look at three particular principles as we go throughout this lesson. First of all, we really need to understand what God has done for us through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to have a fully, uh, full grasp of that. Now, to get that full grasp, we need to, to make sure that we understand what those concepts are understand what they mean to us, and understand really how we should be using them, what he's given us. And so we'll look at it in the concept of, of reading that instruction manual more thoroughly. And then finally, what's the result? Um, I heard it said recently that uh, it's not okay anymore in today's world to say, I don't know anything. Because you just take this out and pull up Google and type it in and you find the answer. Uh, so we need to be willing to, to recognize that because of this, because of these blessings, because of what we have in Christ, we have a lot of stuff at our fingertips. And so we'll look at what I call the results or the outcomes of these, of these blessings that we have. So that's the three things we're going to look at. But uh, the first one that I want to look to is verse 12 of the reading that uh, Dylan had for us. And it goes back to uh, the comments that um, Ronald made. We didn't organize them, but it couldn't be better uh, relative to the concept of, of what verse 12 talks about. It says there, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So um, this is how I look at this concept. Um, I watch a lot of uh, true crime drama shows. I, I really like those. Uh, and not on all of them, but on many of them, uh, somebody does something because they're wanting to get money. Maybe they kill somebody because they know that they'll get money out of them. I was watching one yesterday, and the end was... Well, the, the person that got caught, they said, well, I really did it for nothing because I wasn't even in the will anymore. The concept that I want us to understand from this verse is God put us in the will. <laughs> God has written us into his will. 
And as Ron read from, from um, Romans, Romans chapter 8, we are sons and daughters. I think it's kind of a universal concept that we like stories where you've got the person who's kind of the underdog that, that maybe is homeless or, or maybe comes from nothing and then is, is adopted by someone or finds out that they're, you know, what was that movie that, that I think Anne Hathaway was in a long time ago where she found out she was a princess and, and those things. We like those stories, right? Because it makes us feel good that, that somebody comes from nothing to having something. Guess what? That story is all of us. We came from nothing to the sons and daughters of God. That's a blessing. That's the ultimate blessing. And it's an illusion back, I mean, some of it makes me think back to, to the, the, the inheritance that, that they all got in the land of Canaan when they came in. All the tribes got this inheritance. We get an inheritance. We have an inheritance because we have been adopted and put in the will, the testament. Let's start with that concept that we're qualified to be partakers of this inheritance. And, and the next verse even shares more about it because verse 13 says, He's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So we're delivered out of darkness. A few years ago, um, there were some mine disasters. I think there was maybe one in West Virginia, but there was one in China. Uh, I think there was one in South America that they made a movie about. And anytime you see those movies, or when I see them, I just can't imagine the total darkness that's there. That you're there and maybe the lights that you have, they burn out and, and you're just in darkness, surrounded by complete darkness. And, you know, in the dramas of the movies, it's always, well, look, there's a light, there's a light. And you see that light. And you're so happy that you're not in darkness anymore. And that's the image that we see here. That because we're partakers of this inheritance, we've been transferred from this ugly, dark, hopeless place into this beautiful, bright, light, kingdom of light as it's described here. Stark contrast, y'all. We go from nothing to something. We go from darkness to light. That's the blessings that we have in Christ. Romans, Romans 6, verse 17, we'll go uh, back to Romans, uh, this time not verse chapter 8, but chapter 6. And uh, we see the concept about not being under the, under the control of sin anymore. Verse 17 says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were de uh, delivered. So we've been delivered from this bondage in sin and brought into the kingdom as children. We don't have to live that life anymore. And what has that done for us truly? Next verse. Back to Colossians. Colossians. 
verse 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We've been put in the family, put in the will. We've been taken from darkness into light. And we've been bought back when we should have been still under the grasp of sin, still in the uh, the kingdom of darkness, still under the control of somebody else, in prison, if you will. We've been bought back by the blood of Christ. He's redeemed us. And He paid that price for us. And as Hebrews chapter 9 tells us, that's a price that you and I couldn't pay ever. What's the old adage about sin? Uh, takes you further than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay, and costs you more than you can ever afford to pay. We can't pay the price, but Jesus can. Jesus could and Jesus did. Hebrews chapter 9 tells us clearly that Jesus was the only one qualified to do that for us, beginning in verse 11 of Hebrews 9. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place, once for all having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God. Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So Jesus has come and and paid that price for us. He's redeemed us. He's paid that ransom. That's the concept that we see there. And it's the price that only he could pay. And then in the final thought for this section about what he's done for us, what God has done for us through Christ, go back to Colossians and look with me now in verses 21 and 22. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Have you ever had a falling out with somebody? Have you ever had a falling out with somebody that was really close to you? And then something came up. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a close friend. You had that falling out. And really, I mean, I've known people that didn't speak for years because of this falling out. And the damage that was done to that relationship because of that. But then I've seen people who, maybe they had somebody come and try try to bring them back together. A mediator. Someone who would get them to come and sit and talk about their problems. And then you see that beauty and that emotion that comes pouring out when they come back together. That's reconciliation. That's going from being separated to coming back together. What separated us? Well, we know sin. Sin has separated us from God. And it's a relationship that should be the closest of all. And yet our sins separate us. In Christ, those sins are washed away. We don't have to be separated from the love of God anymore. 
We don't have to be separated from Him eternally anymore because Jesus paid that price. Christ was able to make that peace between God and man. And we're not, we're not on the outside looking in anymore. It's a very literal picture in the Old Testament on the Day of Atonement when, when that scapegoat was sent. Where was that scapegoat sent? Outside the camp. You're not with us anymore. And that's how we are. When we're in sin, we're on the outside looking in. We can't hope to be in the presence of God eternally because we're on the outside looking in. Jesus has made it possible for you and me to come back inside the camp. Or to use the analogy here, to be back in the family, to be back in the will, to be back in the light. That's what he's done for us. Those are the things that we should be thinking about. But how do we really understand that? How do we know all that we should know about that? How many of you use uh, like Microsoft products? Okay, all right. Um, how many of you think you know enough to, to use them completely with everything that they can do? I'll tell you a very simple one that I get people say, wow, I never knew that all the time. How many of you know if you type four dashes and hit enter in Word, it'll put a line all the way across your page? Okay. Some of you may know it. Some of you may not know it. Okay. You learned something today. Hopefully that's not the most important thing you learned today, but the, uh, you learned something today. The point I'm making is, is that we use stuff a lot that we don't know the full capabilities of. And how do we know? How do we know it? Well, we learn it from experience. And we learn it from studying or taking classes about it. Uh, I had a friend that taught me that little trick. Okay, So we learn things about stuff that we use on a regular basis. Well, we're, we're using or we're reaping the benefits of being in Christ, but do we truly understand it as well as we should? I would say that we need to do work in that, to fully grasp that, to fully appreciate all that we have. And that's back in Colossians, the first verse there that we read, verse 9, brings us back to that point. Verse 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So, so we need to be working at being filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Back to the car example, we need to learn all the, need to make sure that we read the instruction manual, the owner's manual. Need to make sure that we know how to use that navigation system, know how to use the, the seats up and down and adjust the mirrors. Some of it's not critical, some of it's critical. <laughs> not knowing how to adjust your mirror can be <laughs> a dangerous situation if you don't know how to do that. So we need to make sure that we truly understand that. How do we do that? Well, it comes with study. 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent or study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or handling aright the word of truth. So that study needs to come into play. But so does the use piece, that experience piece, the part that I told you I learned stuff about Microsoft Word all the time from just playing around and using it. Hebrews chapter uh, 5 talks about that concept. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. 
We were in 9, 14 earlier. Now we're back in chapter 5, verse 14. And it's talking about developing spiritual uh, maturity there. And he, and he says there, uh, the writer says, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of what? Reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We have another program at work that, uh, that people use that, or we're talking about putting into play to help us do some things uh, in some of the, the uh, uh, materials that we produce in my, at my work on the comm team. And uh, I used it a long time ago. I used it extensively a long time ago. But I haven't used it a lot in probably the last eight years. Do you think I would be very proficient in going, sitting down right now today and using that program to produce something? I would probably figure some things out and get it going, but it wouldn't be as smooth as it was before because I haven't been using it. I haven't been exercising what I knew. So I've got to study to know. I've got to exercise to use it. And then what did Paul say in the begin in there, in the Colossian brethren? He said, he said, I've been praying for you that you get this. Y'all, don't forget the prayer piece. The study is great, wonderful, important. The use and exercise is important. But the prayer piece is so important. Paul prayed for them. We should pray for others and ourselves so that we can have the wisdom that God will give. What does the, uh, the verse in James chapter 1 say? If any of you lack wisdom, James chapter 1 verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. It's almost like having the help desk that you call when you can't figure out the program. And you call them and they help you and you're like, oh man, yes, thank you. I needed that help. God's given us the, the prompts. He's given us the, the guides, but he's also said, I'm there for you to call. Call on me. Ask me for help. I will help you. I will bless you with that wisdom. So what does that mean then? Because I said we were going to talk about what all God has done for us. We covered that. How do we fully grasp it? We've done that because that's what we just finished talking about, the, the studying and the using and the praying. But what does that mean for you and me? You can talk about it as the results or, or the benefits. This is what it should look like in our lives. Let's go back, drop down another verse now in Colossians to verse 10 and, verses 10 and 11. After Paul said that we should get that, that wisdom and spiritual understanding, he said that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering. The first thing we get is a walk that's worthy, with, worthy of the Lord. Verse 22 in this same chapter says that a lot was paid for us. Jesus' life was paid for us. The body of His flesh through death. I don't know how much the, in the commercial I gave you the young man paid for the iPad. I'm not an Apple person, so I don't know prices of Apple. Uh, but I'm sure that the young man said, wow, that's dad dad wasted the money that I spent 
What if we don't do the things that we just talked about? What if we don't truly grasp what God has done for us? What if we don't study and, and use it and pray? Could it be said that we've wasted the price that's paid for us? We don't want to waste God's precious price. Don't waste the money that God has paid for us. So walk worthy of the Lord, as verses 10 and 11 says. And if we do that, what, what does that say in, in that verse? It says that we please God completely. Now, does that mean that we're sinlessly perfect? No, it doesn't. But it does mean that we are holy because He is holy. That we're walking in the light as He is in the light, as 1 John tells us. We will step out and do things that aren't right. We will not apply what we learn. We'll mess up one of those apps on our phone. (laughs) Ginger's not here, but she'll tell you. She periodically loses things on her phone. (laughs) And she said, I can't find this anymore, and we had to go find it. We all do that. We all mess up. God's blood, God's grace and mercy because of the blood of Christ helps us deal with that. And it helps us not just get by. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I don't know about y'all, but I like to learn something to the level that I feel really comfortable using it. That it becomes almost second nature to me. Walking after God should become second nature. It actually should become first nature. It should be our default. And if it is, then according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. More is a concept that most of us appreciate. <laughs> Most of us want more of the good stuff. We want less of the bad stuff and we want more of the good stuff. God has given us the good stuff, all the good stuff, and we can have it more and more if we follow these principles that we're talking about. So we, we walk worthy of the Lord, we please Him completely, and then we start bearing fruit. Ronald talked about fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. I'm going to go to Matthew 7 to begin with and verse 17 to look at this concept. Matthew 7 verse 17. Jesus in the context of of talking about knowing people by their fruits, he says, even so every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. We should be bearers of good fruit because God has given us the capability to do that. And we've studied and know what he would have us to do. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Don't grow weary in well-doing. Do good works. We have to do them. And then Titus chapter 3 and verse 8 gives us an exhortation. Paul writing to the, to, uh, the friend Timothy, the fellow worker, excuse me, Titus, in Titus 3 verse 8. He says, this is a faithful saying and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain 
good works. These things are good and profitable to men. So recognizing what God has done for us, all the things that He's done for us, and studying it and praying about it and using it causes us to bear fruit. And that's good for us. And it's good for everybody around us. And then finally, I think the ultimate result in this, if we're walking after God and we're pleasing Him and we're bearing fruit, then we're not weak anymore. We're strong. A while back, Caleb asked about favorite passages and favorite verses and... uh, he talked about many people talking about uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. That's where we're going to go. Uh, I would say that my favorite passage is actually Philippians chapter 3 and 4, that whole context there. But in verse 13, what does it tell us in verse 13? I can do all things through Christ who does what? Who strengthens me. Just like using that computer program repeatedly, your capabilities grow and are strengthened in that. When we use God's Word, when we study it, when we pray to God, when He blesses us, we're strengthened in that. And why do we need that strength? Why does it need to become just our natural response in situations? Because we're going to face difficult times when we don't have time to sit back and think about it. We have to act. And it needs to be so ingrained in us, it needs to be such a part of us that we handle those times with long-suffering and patience instead of giving up our faith. Instead of turning away from God. Instead of blaming God. It actually is a source of building us even stronger. We grow in that grace and knowledge. Last passage I'm going to take you to is from the book of 1 Peter, and that's where I studied with you recently in uh, our Bible study together. 1 Peter chapter 4, remember that section beginning down about verse 12, talks about suffering. Suffering is mentioned in several passages in 1 Peter. But chapter 4 verse 12, I'm going to read through verse 16. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part He is blasphemed, but on your part He is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Do you notice the theme from the Vacation Bible School? Rejoice, joy, even in the suffering. In those difficult times, in those difficult times that we face, when it's trying to, to continue to trust in God, when it's trying to continue to um, walk the walk. We can have faith and joy that we're suffering because of our faith in Christ. 
that we're suffering because we're using what God has done for us. That we're walking in the path that He's given us. That we're in the light, even though people are trying to cast us back into darkness. The world is going to try that, folks. The world is going to try to pull you back down in that hole. But because we're in Christ, we can overcome that. We can be strengthened and we can truly have joy. So the, the question I would ask for you is, is this. Do you truly understand all the capabilities that God has given us as a Christian? First of all, are you a recipient of that? If you're not a Christian here today, then, then I would say that you are a basic model. <laughs> you haven't been given all the, the upgrades that God gives us. We all start there, but we don't have to stay there. We can, we can get all those bells and whistles that God has given us in Christ. So I would encourage you to become a Christian and, and really take on all the blessings that He has promised for us. Many of us here are Christians. Maybe we've not been using all those capabilities to the, to the level that He would have us to. Um, if you need to make corrections in that, we have an opportunity for you this morning to do that, to, to uh, ask for prayers or to confess sin if you feel like you have sin in your life, or to become a Christian, to be, to be baptized into Christ. We can do that for you today. The water's ready, the water's prepared. You can be immersed to raise uh, in newness of life, to walk as, <laughs> to use the analogy, to get that new coat of paint and shining and new and all the bells and whistles that we've been talking about this morning. Uh, if we can help you in any way, uh, you can come as together we stand and sing.